Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean acknowledges the traditional custodians of the Kulin Nations, whose land on which we record and air our content. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean. The radio show where we talk about all things taboo and relevant to you. Catch us at RadioMonash.org every Tuesday at 11. Hello and welcome to a new season of Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean. That's right, we're at season six. Woo! (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. Or if you're new to um, our podcast, hello and welcome. We hope you enjoy. Um, And yes, we're very excited. We have such a jam-packed season ahead. Um, We're so keen to get it underway after our quick little break that we felt like we needed <laughs> yeah and I think we deserve to yeah. but we are very excited to be back and yeah can't wait a to see what this is a few people have actually messaged asking when we'll be back we? a few people have actually messaged yeah being well, like aw. when's when's car chats coming back so this is for you guys yes, that means people here. actually miss us that's exactly. so nice yes well we're Bad here we're, we're rejuvenated we're ready to go um what have you guys been doing over the break oh, over mid-sem I feel like it flew by. Yeah, I feel like so much has happened. And while it was happening, I was like, oh, this happened, that happened. But now I'm just like, what are you like? What even was the last couple of weeks? It's such a blur, Um, isn't it? It was a good break, though. I think it was. Yeah, we're kind of like I feel like this is the part of the year where everything kind of like starts rapidly approaching like exams around the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, Christmas. Oh, speaking of. Yeah, exactly. I got my exam timetable last week. um, And can I just rant for a second? Mm-hmm. I have three exams, Absolutely. three days this in a is... row. No, three days You're in a joking. row. Oh, my only my three exams are a day after each other. Brilliant. Oh, must, you get them like all done, I guess, one yeah. after the other. But yeah. still, surely yeah. there should be some kind of special consideration. Are they big ones? Are they like impo- like you know? They're all my law or... ones. Oh, that's um, rough. I know, but it's okay. You're right. At least I do get to get it all done um yeah yeah. what are your dates though is it on the earlier side of things or is it towards the end no it's 17th 18th and 19th of november okay oh okay that's actually not too bad it isn't yeah i feel like i was looking at the the calendar and it was like the last exam is going to be on the 4th of december i can imagine doing an exam in december that's yeah that's like um almost christmas yeah basically it's like how you supposed to even get into like into you know into the mood into the vibe it's going to be even yeah. worse, though, because hopefully restrictions have eased by then and then everyone's going to be out, like, you know, catching up and you're going to miss Praying. out. On, like, yeah. yeah, fingers crossed, hey. Like, it would be so nice. It would be so special just yeah. to be able to, you know, see your family for Christmas. Mm. Yeah, I think, no, absolutely. I, think. I mean, it's special every year, but this year I'll just appreciate it so much more. It's just funny because we say that, but I'll get to the Christmas family party and, like, everyone will just be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> No, I love my Christmas family parties. They go off. Hey. (laughs) I'm sure we'll have a lot to say once we get there. Hopefully, if we do get there, we we will have a lot of... um, Maybe we stories. can do a little car chats Christmas special. Oh right? my gosh. Oh, that I would, would be love that. Amazing. The holiday season vibe. Yeah. That would be incredible. Also, speaking of over the break, we celebrated Tessa's birthday. She's 21. Finally can go out and party in Vegas. I know. Wow. How does it feel, Tess? How does it feel? 
I feel old. You actually do. Yeah. Do you know why? No, I feel very special and I feel very loved. I will say that first. It was a very beautiful celebration despite ISO. Um, you know, like I have very lucky to have such beautiful family and friends mm. who made me feel that way. So it was very nice. Um, but I got my first hangover and I don't get hangovers <laughs> ever. And That's I'm so drink. upset. And it's a sign of my age. I just know it. And I only had like three glasses of wine over like five hours or something. And, and you I, were hungover the next day. I was so nauseous the next day. I felt disgusting. Interesting. You I know. 21 and now the hangover start. I think it's just... I think it might just also be like the fact that I haven't been drinking at all in ISO as well. And I had two yeah. glasses of wine last night and I woke up this morning and I was like, yeah, it was even an occasion Probably. I was making risotto and I was just like, I may as well. <laughs> like, may as Ooh, well. what risotto did you make? Um, made mushroom risotto yeah. and it called for white wine. And I was like, I'm going to open a bottle. Like I'm not going to drink it later in the week. I may as well just drink it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And not I woke gonna... up this morning and I was like, <laughs> not gonna lie I find I found that this lockdown I've been on the piss way more than the first lockdown I think the first lockdown I was a bit like oh yeah I'll get through this you know mm. counting down the days and we knew that we were heading out like you know yeah. we were certain of that but because yeah. we're not certain on it I was just like you know what Saturday night it's calling yeah calling no, a cocktail you deserve it's calling it. a bottle of wine and I have had some um some questionable days after oh, <laughs> yeah okay. but it's been it's been worth it it's been worth you it you deserve, deserve it Cal. you absolutely deserve it but um no I think you're right I think the uncertainty is just really getting to a lot of people right mm. now mm. and it's yeah. just making us tired just mm. depleted mm. that's why I think this break was such a good good refresher a hundred percent um speaking of of the past season we haven't forgotten and it will happen <laughs> I must mention Sean's hair. <laughs> yes. Sure. We have not forgotten about this. It's, it's It's going to happen. Sean, what's the go with it? Yeah. What's the plan? Well, I'm planning as soon as, so initially I was going to get my roommates to do it, but I've been watching a few Brad Mondo videos on YouTube and I don't think I'm ready to say goodbye to my hair again. Like I've just done it back. <laughs> um, as you know, you may have seen early in the year, I was bald. Uh, it was a conscious decision. And I don't think I, I want to do that again. So basically, I'm going to wait till salons are open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of want to live stream it. So I'm going to see if one of my roommates is keen to just yes. come down. Or at least like take a few like highlight, you know, just some videos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to, yeah. You know, let you guys in on the process. Well, maybe we can make, um, we can make an Instagram reel. You yeah, know, we how we like can do IGTV. that now. Yeah. Yeah. Or an Instagram reel. Exactly. Yeah, I just thought we should share it with everyone that, you know, help make this happen. Yes. And yes. if you don't remember or if you're just um, listening to us now, this was um, because we wanted to reach a certain amount of followers. But that doesn't <laughs> stop there, okay? Keep following <laughs> us on Garchats Monash, especially well, if you want to see the live stream. So I think we need a new incentive, though. Like, you know, once Sean's hair is blonde we'll need something should, else I'm sorry, you know should we all go platinum blonde like, no is that, is that, is no, that no 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 please no i think we could we could just wrap up to parties and be i like, don't want to no, fry no, my no. hair sorry sean you're on your own on that one um we will think of something else or if you guys have any ideas any wacky ideas that you want us to let try then please let us know because i am keen to go a bit nuts um to I get know. more followers me too kat have you ever dyed your hair no, I actually haven't Either. at 
all whatsoever. My brother Neither. did dye his hair a couple of weeks ago though, which was quite funny. And he's got the same color hair as mine and he, he dyed it lighter Brown. Um, yeah. So it wasn't a massive change, but it was still mm. kind of funny. Cause I'm like, what are you doing? No, he just, he just dyed it. Like he didn't bleach it or anything. Oh, he just got, you know, the supermarket okay. stuff, but he does want to keep yeah. going lighter. I think he's just like testing himself because he does yeah. eventually want to go blonde. I yeah. don't know why. Like I, I think his friends have influenced him a bit too much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's one of those changes you can make that isn't so permanent. Like it's not like mm. getting a tattoo or getting like some yeah. latest okay. piercing. Like it's just hair. So I feel like yeah. he's That's just true. going through that little, uh, you Phase. know, identity I also, crisis. Yeah. I also think though, Sean, there's a difference between us having far longer hair than you boys do currently in that yeah. it doesn't take that long to grow back. Mm. Whereas if I fry my entire head, it'll take ages like three years mm. <laughs> for and the regrowth and everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so but it's just a bigger investment yeah, it's like worst case scenario you know what i'm saying let's just try and be positive but what if i look horrendous like <laughs> <laughs> i might have to do some that's, photoshop action yes let's bring back the photoshop <laughs> anyways on today's show we are talking about the documentary that has gotten so popular over the last few weeks that is the social dilemma. And we're going to talk about how social media has become somewhat of an addiction for some people. Um, and yeah, we're going to delve into that because I think it's a really important topic that um, personally I'm passionate about and I'm interested to see what we all have to say. Yes, we will see you after the break. Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to Card Starts with Tess, Kat and Sean. And if you're only just joining us now, um, we're about to get into a little bit of a recent topic. I feel like it's been a recent topic. It's been kind of... Yeah. Um, it's something that we've come back to a few times as well. Um, it's talking about technology, particularly social media and like the effects it has. Um, not just, you know, on, on the individual, but, you know, since this film came out on Netflix called, mm -hmm. what's it called? The Social Dilemma? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Since this film came out on um, Netflix called The Social Dilemma, um, basically highlights the impact that it has, not just in society and, you know, the human psyche, but also um, like the possible impacts it has when it comes to politics. And yes. And, yes. and you know fake news so I mm. think it's, it's it was a re actually a really good um documentary I was pleasantly surprised most of the ones that you watched that you watch regarding social media is always very like it's evil and it's evil because of this this that you know what I mean yeah. it's I always was gonna like say like maybe um we can all like share our opinions on it and if it's mm. changed your like what your initial opinions on social media artificial intelligence and technology as a whole um yeah. what your opinions were beforehand and if the documentary has um shifted your views on on it yeah sure i can go first so but i think first like if for anyone who hasn't seen it i think we should give some context um, which Sean has already done a little bit of. But Netflix, basically, you know how they have a synopsis of everything mm -hmm. they put on? Mm -hmm. The synopsis is like one sentence. It just says tech experts sound the alarm on the dangerous human impact of social networking. So it doesn't really give you much. So I didn't right. really know what to expect, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I'm with and you I, I will add, I didn't 
love how dramatized some of the elements were like there was a like some really chaotic depictions of our society that I don't think were entirely necessary and I don't mean like clips of the news um I mean like the acting like how they used for example um three men in a control room as a metaphor for an algorithm that's what I mean um but as a whole it I found that it was it provided very very gripping commentary about the hijacking of our psychology by social media companies and that's not what I expected to learn from this documentary because I've always said to Kat and Sean in the past that I don't really care about big data right because my data is out there everyone's data is out there like why why do I need to be singled out and this documentary really made me realize that that it's not about big data it's about the the effect they have on my mind which scares me yeah yeah what about you guys yeah no Kat did you want to go first or you're happy to I'll go last because I feel like my opinion is gonna be the complete opposite so yeah yeah. no I was gonna say um I wasn't a similar kind of like wavelength as test when it comes to like data privacy data mining because honestly there's nothing interesting (laughs) there's nothing interesting in my social media other than like the tea every now and then so it's like I'm not you know super outright I'm not like into conspiracy theory I'm not like you know, I'm not like, I'm just nothing notable um, about my internet or social media usage, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But what it raised a really good question like off is I stopped looking at myself as a feed of the data and then I kind of like flipped it because that, that end scene, that end scene in there is just like, you're the, you're not like, oh, how do I explain it? So basically, you're the, the... Fact that you're an interchangeable node and all you're doing is making the system better at, you know, predicting other people's behavior, not just yours and, you know, not just the people around you right now, but later in the future and all the people at the very start and up until me, we're just kind of like making it, we're just, we're just, we're just enhancing like the AI. Um, if that makes sense. It was, it was like a lot of it went over my head and I had to like do a little bit of research afterwards. And I guess I kind of understand the impact of bettering this AI, like the impact it has later on. Because at the end of the day, they want you to be on your, on, on your phone longer, on your laptop longer. And by being able to better predict my behavior, it's making the next generation more susceptible to being so attached to their screens because it knows exactly what they want, when they want it. And that's basically, yeah, that's basically what I got towards the end. Um, in terms of like data and privacy and all that and that's when I was just like maybe I should be a bit more concerned when it comes to data um so yeah that was a real eye-opener because you know I stopped thinking like there's nothing notable about me and I started thinking what am I doing to add to you know predicting human behavior and like making tech harder to put down if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and also another really really interesting side of of the of the documentary that I've kind of been noticing a lot lately is that I've been having a lot of discussions with people especially when it comes to like American politics and you know things of that matter and we can't seem to ever agree like it's always like that's what they want you to think I'm like no no that's what the you know that's what the conservatives want you to think and they're like no no, no that's what you know the there's a name they call it like I forget what the name um she used to call them um but basically yeah and I just realized because of this this bubble this social media bubble everyone thinks that they're right 
and they're part of the majority. Um, and I think that was, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. So I think it definitely raised a lot of, uh, a lot of good points. Yeah, no, that's not, like, I, I think um, that's why this documentary was so successful because I feel like other documentaries that try to tackle this issue of um, data harvesting and all of that isn't, um, I don't know, I don't think they do it as good as The Social Dilemma because I don't really um, see that many people change their attitude. And I think everything that you've said, Sean, is so valid and so correct. And that's exactly what I agree with. The thing is, is that for me, um, my opinion on, on, I think on the whole issue has always remained the same. And the social, the social dilemma after watching it made me more concerned and it made me more freaked out and it made me more scared. And for someone who like, if you know me, I, I, I have a passion for media, I study media. Um, I've studied surveillance and data privacy. I've done plenty of research on it. So I know how bad it can really get. And I think this documentary did a really good job at scaring people. And I know Tess, that's something that you probably don't agree with. But for me, I think that was something that needed to happen because with this sort of stuff, yeah, we see social media, we see what's happening in the world, we see the news, we see the media, all of that. But it's not really tangible. Like, I don't think we see, like, I feel like it's different to say um, body image stuff. Like, you see that, right? You see it in magazines, you see it on your screens, all of that. I feel like with data, it's a bit different. It's not, yeah, as I said, it's not really tangible. It just happens. And I think the biggest takeaway I got from the documentary is that, if you are signed up to something free, a free platform, you are the product. And that scares me because I don't want to, I don't want to be the product of, of anything, you know, advertisers are wanting you, you know, you, it's not Facebook or whatever, isn't the service. Like you're the service, right? People, you know, these massive companies are using you and using your information and what you put out there um, to make money. And I think there is some level of exploitation there. And I, that's my frustration and as well as the surveillance thing is that I don't think that um yeah okay you can say oh I put whatever out there you know I've I've chosen that or oh, I don't really mind if if I'm trapped or whatever but I don't know I think that's the value or belief that you might have but for me I I don't know I just feel uncomfortable knowing that someone yeah. out there knows exactly where I am every minute of the day so like that's why I've always been very um concerned about um social media that being said, I still have social media. Like I don't not use it. I still use Google. I still use social media. I still use yeah. all these tech advancements that I think are really convenient and accessible um, and connect us and all of that great stuff. But when it comes to the psychological damage that it can do and, you know, the societal damage it can, and politically, societal society and politics, like it really does change the game. And it's so rapid that we need to watch out for how how bad it can really get. And I don't think, and I think that's what is scary and that's what can't be seen as such, the how rapid um, technology is getting. It's it, it's insane. Like it, it goes past us so quickly. Yeah. I was just gonna no, say, oh no, go on. No, I, I, I largely agree with you, Kat. And like, whilst there are some differences that exist between the way we feel. I think it's largely quite similar in that, yes, I find it scary that we are the product. Yes, I find it really concerning that 
social media is capable of deliberate manipulation of human brains. Like, I think that's so, so scary. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think, I think what I've taken away from it is I'm just more aware of how much data is given up on a daily basis. I'm just more aware of how things operate and the impact it could have on me. So I know how to look out for it. I think um, that's what, what the social dilemma, again, that's what um, it did so well in. It, it brought that awareness. I feel like other documentaries such as like The Great Hack and, um, you know, documentaries on Julian Assange and all of that. I mean, yes, they, they do try to bring that awareness, but they do it in a different way, which people aren't really interested in. And I think this is why, you know, this documentary did it so well because people are like, hold on a second, that's me. Like everyone yeah. can be in that yeah. position. Exactly. Anyone can, that can yeah. happen to anyone and we have no control of our data. I was just yeah. going to say, I think, I think one of the main reasons this, this appealed is because, you know, you said before about, oh, like if, if a service is free, you're the product. Like it's, it's a, it's kind of a scary thought, but I think a lot of us kind of just accepted that. And we kind of accepted that, oh, like it's a small price to pay to communicate with your friends and make life easier and just have all these things at your fingertips. And that's what I mean by being like, I'm okay with having my data taken by Facebook. You know, they, they think I like this type of shoe. They think, you know, I'll, you know, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is targeted ads was a small price to pay, um, you know, for the, for the resources. But I think that's why this documentary is so appealing is because it tells you how your data is being used to get you to be more obsessed with social media, which is not where, you know, not where I, I thought mm. I was going with it. Mm. And it's just funny because at the end of the day, all it's doing is literally just, just it's marketing. It all comes down to being able to sell you an ad. Like, that's that's like the craziness of it all the fact that all of these um instruments have been put in place just to get you to stare at your screen longer so they can make more money from ad revenue exactly and i just think yeah it's just wild um i think as well and the other sorry. thing as well that i yeah go on sorry i was just gonna say the convenience and accessibility communicating thing yeah like as it yep. said in the documentary, that that was their intention, you know, from the very beginning, you know, to connect people, right, in an accessible and convenient way. But to what cost now? Like right now, yeah. to what cost? At what cost? Is it you communicating with all your, like all these people and everything? Yes, it's so great that you can. Yeah. But when you're the product of yeah. all of this other stuff, it, that's when it becomes a bit concerning. And that's when you really have to think, okay, like yeah. what I'm about to post or what am I, what I'm about to like, or what I'm about to open up, is yeah. that going to end up subconsciously affecting mm. my purchasing habits or how I yeah. think about certain things? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, ah, like <laughs> going yeah. you, you touched on a really excellent point earlier, Kat, and it's that technology is growing and developing at an exponential rate. And we have no idea where it's going, how to respond or react mm -hmm. because we don't know how it's affecting us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the social well, dilemma yeah. did an excellent job at highlighting how it does actually impact us. And I think yeah. that was a really good um, quote. I can't remember who said it, but um, this woman in the documentary, she was saying that they've built up these algorithms, they've built up these programs, they've built up these structures, yeah. but they kind of have a life of their own. They've built, yeah. they've built it and then it's just yeah. gone off and developed yeah. and done its own thing yeah yeah i don't know what it's capable of and that's yeah. the scary thing about it yeah exactly well that's the thing though it's because there's not it's not like there's someone sitting at the other end of the screen looking at your data and feeding it into into like a, a spreadsheet it's all it's all happening in like milliseconds and that's the thing that's the initial thought i was like i don't really care if anyone looks looks at my data but when you realize what it's what what it, like the 
what it's being used for that's when I guess it it gets kind of yeah um, I don't know it kind of gets it gets to like this point where you're just like it's kind of you need to be ethically aware of it you know what I, mean? I like, think that's the massive thing the ethics behind it right and yeah. I think not only like we're talking a lot about ads and stuff but the documentary goes into so many different you know pathways especially politics and I think that's something yeah. also to remember and it's something that we've brought up in the past about you know the media mm-hmm. landscape and everything yeah. but it's really important to th- to remember that you know if you click on a recommended article or a suggested YouTube clip the algorithm knows that and the algorithm is only going to feed you what you're going to be interested in and that's what you and what you said earlier on Sean about how then you start to think that you're a part of the majority when you're actually not they're just feeding you what you want to know and that's where we get you know conspiracy theories we had um the um you know all the all the election madness um protests around the world all of that um the Arab Spring that's where it kind of started as well like through platforms that have these algorithms to feed you what you want to know and that's the scary bit I was just thinking of how interesting like I guess to bring into context political wise if we're talking about Black Lives Matter I guess I could log on to my Facebook and see all of you know the marches all of like the information about the victims and then you could have someone else who's a bit you know more conservative um already has googled anti-Black Lives Matter like you know tags and keywords and stuff they're presented with oh, like these, you know, these are thugs, oh, these people just want to riot. And you kind of just get fed both different version of the information constantly because you never have the same experience when you log onto your Facebook. Like I did this test with some of my roommates before where we both went on our social media, on, on Facebook and we were scrolling. And like the way that information was, was, was spread out was different. Like I'd have like a profile update from someone from two days ago and then they had, you know, it was just, it wasn't presented in chronological order or or like a unified experience it was like I had my own feed that was catered to what I am interested in and she had a totally different feed in terms of you know what she was interested in and I just think that's a very interesting way of of losing sight of you know can I ask you a question Sean would you have noticed that if you hadn't watched The Social Dilemma I probably wouldn't have and it's probably subconsciously I'd know that you know I kind of like the idea that my feed is catered to me because I don't want to see things I'm not interested in but then Mm. I never really thought about like the impact that might have in terms of you know especially I've had so many conversations recently where like we can't seem to agree because we've had such different Mm. experiences in terms of how we've approached or being fed information about current events, I guess. There was a point in time where that was all chronological. And I do remember that, you know, on Instagram and stuff, it was all chronological. And that's why you would have to post at the right time because everyone's going to see it and it's going to come at the, do you know what I mean? Like that whole thing. Um, so there was a time where that was happening. And then, you know, yeah. they realised that they could make more money by catering to what you want to see. So look, I think our overall recommendation for this show will be to watch The Social social Dilemma. Um, we'll get into our own recommendations later on in the show but that's just an overview of what you could expect from the documentary after the break we're going to talk about more about how social media can become an addiction and how our generation more specifically um, has grown up with social media you're listening to car charts with Tess Cat and Sean
Okay, welcome back everyone. And for this segment, we're going to be talking about addiction to social media. And I think we need to preface this conversation by saying that very few people are actually genuinely addicted to social media because addiction does require a diagnosis from a clinical psychologist or psychiatrist. But there are many social media habits that can cause adverse or dangerous consequences and can lead to addiction. So. Would you guys say you're not addicted, but like somewhat attached to your phone, um, like more than you would like to be, I guess? I um, think that's yeah, what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think, what? yeah, definitely subtle changes. I feel like. I'm probably not as attached as, you know, your, your addicted individual who's like constantly on their phone, but I kind of noticed that I will go on my phone when I'm nervous, like, or anxious, like say, um, say I'm at uni in a class and it's kind of getting a little bit, you know, intense. I have no idea what's really going on. I just find instinctively, I like pick up my phone, same in like a social situation. If I'm like at a party or something and I'm kind of feeling a little bit, not overwhelmed, but just a little bit awkward, I guess. My instinct is to pull out my phone and I don't know, there's just something about it. it you, you can kind of just like focus on something else. I, maybe not, I don't find myself reaching for it out of, because I'm like aching to like go on my phone, but I kind of like, it's kind of become like a comfort. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, a bit of a comfort. And it's, I've just realized it's not really good because I'm not really dealing with the situation. I'm kind of avoiding um, like what's stressing me out instead of actually dealing with it. Yeah, I get that to some extent when, say, I'm, like, waiting for someone or I'm on the train and I don't know where to look. It's, like, just look at your yeah. phone because you don't have to make any awkward eye contact. Or, you know, when you're waiting in line for something, it's, like, I don't know, I'll just yeah. go on my phone. And it's not like I need to go on my phone. There's literally nothing happening on my phone. But I'll find something yeah. to do. Like, I'll read an article or I'll go on Facebook and then, it's like, did I really need to? What else could I have done in that situation than not go on my phone? Yeah, I'm the same. And like, I check my phone first thing when I wake up. It's the last thing I check before bed. Even if I'm having breakfast, well, if I'm having breakfast or like a meal with my family, I try not to use it. But if I'm alone, yeah, I'm going to go on my phone. Like it's there. And so I just feel inclined to use it. Um in relation yeah. to the social I, dilemma, I was going to say that I think yeah. it's important to mention that with social, me social media, especially with our generation, is that those who have been, they mentioned that those who have been born after 1996, I think it's 96, are the ones that have grown up with social media, okay? So, like, it's usually, you know, when you're about 14 to 16, 17, maybe 18, that social media starts to become quite prevalent in your life and I can recall you know in year eight and stuff that snapchat was always used instagram was always used I never I didn't yeah. have facebook until quite later on but yeah. I remember that that was such a new and big thing that was happening and I think that's important to point out that only our generation onwards can really understand the impact it, social media can have um, in terms yeah. of the use of it I don't think our parents or grandparents could ever really understand that yeah, no, I totally agree with that as well. And I think another thing that we have the advantage of is like knowing what it's like before, um, like social media picked up, but also being able to ride the wave. Like my parents could not make the use of social media like we do for one. And then I, you got my cousins on the other hand who literally know nothing other than, you know, social media. They, they, they don't know like a period of time where if 
you know, you're at home, you probably have to either find stuff to do by yourself or, you know, do something alone. And, 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 you know, she just will get bored and be like, you know, Snapchatting me being like, Hey, can you zoom? Hey, can you call? Um, and stuff or just constantly bombarding me with stuff and asking me questions. Kat, I think you have a similar uh, relative that bombards you on social media. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If you know me, you know who, but and it's, no, we love you. Yeah. It's a bit like that. You know what I mean? Where like, I feel like I still, to this day, I'm kind of okay with just going to my room and just, you know, watching a movie or just like doing stuff alone. Whereas I feel like, yeah, my little cousin and stuff will be like, Oh, like I'm going out with my friends or she's talking to her friends and she's on Discord with her friends or she's playing Minecraft. You know, it's just constantly, um you know, an attachment it's, yeah it's crazy that scary though but i think it's scary because we've seen the changes you know yeah but we've seen change at such an exponential rate mm. right from when i was 15 to now social media has advanced insanely would you say it's like a comfort blanket kind of for the younger generations yeah, like they have to have their phone with them all the time or yeah. um they need that fulfillment through you know likes and attention and all of well, that because that leads to the that's actually something really interesting bit. that came out of the social dilemma it wasn't a main point but it was definitely touched on yeah. and it was that we conflate shirt shirt short-term signals of reward such as yeah. you know likes and hearts and whatnot yeah. with value and with truth and yeah. that can force you into a very scary and very vicious cycle yeah. because it does cause you to ask, what yeah. do I need to do to get it back? Yeah. Yeah. Which is something I think everyone can relate to. Yeah. You know, we all care about likes. We all care about being um, accepted. Accepted. And a- yeah, yeah. And approved yeah. of. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I definitely can relate to that. Yeah. No, that's a, re- that's a really good point. And I'm actually glad that Instagram has taken some measures. You know how they've gotten rid of, of the likes um, when it comes to posts. You can't see how many likes people have, like un- unless you go and check yourself. And I think that's kind of like pushed me a little bit to not so care, care so much about when I post. <laughs> it wasn't something that I was obviously planning and all that, but every now and then I'm like, oh, I should post this now. And I'm like, wait, it's kind of early in the day. Like I'll just post it later. Like I wouldn't like mm. have a schedule or anything, but you would just kind of avoid posting things at certain times. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Instagram though, I think the most addicted I've ever been to my phone is when I used to like open it up. There's no notifications. I'd go on Facebook, go on Snapchat, go on Instagram, close my mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, like unlock my phone, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, literally just like that throughout the day. And um, iPhones have like screen time now where you can, it tells you how many times you pick up your phone throughout the day. And since I've stopped opening those apps and I've, I've deleted Facebook um, and mm-hmm. I, I've turned off my turn my do not disturb on and notifications off and I've just noticed like the pickups are a lot less and my screen time is a lot less because I'm picking up my phone and checking stuff because you you'll just get into like a bit of a you know scroll yeah and you'll just keep going um and even was, though there's nothing new it's the same yeah it's just the same three apps I was going to say what other strategies um because I was going to mention that as well but what other strategies maybe are there for people who do want to back off from social media a bit or you know have a bit more um alone time i guess are there any strategies that you guys have used to limit your screen time well i've given a recommendation in the past um as part of our recommendation segment and it is called the forest app and i think that's a good way of um implementing some self-imposed non-screen time and so for anyone who hasn't listened to that episode it is it's basically an app where you plant a tree and you can choose how long you plant a tree for up to two hours And during that time, 
you're not allowed to use your phone, otherwise your tree dies. And if you plant a successful tree, you earn coins and then you can use those coins if you get enough of them to plant trees in the real world. So it's actually, you know, it's, it's a cute app. I like it. But that's a good way of actually, if you don't have the willpower to not use your phone, to not stick to this self-imposed non-screen time, that's a good way to get started. Um, otherwise, just turn off your notifications only allow yourself to check your phone maybe like once an hour or something yeah. like that. Just setting yourself those limits, planning. Yeah, I was going to say those really goals are really good, especially yeah. with the screen time, um, the screen time settings. If you have an iPhone, I find that's always really useful because I'll always try and beat my average. Like <laughs> I'll always be like, oh my God, I had like an average of so-and-so hours last week. I need to beat that. Like I need to drop it down. And I would always like to see the um, drop go further down and down and down. I don't know why. I'm just like, I want to beat that because there was a point yeah. in isolation where my eyes were like, oh my God, I was straining my eyes so much using my phone and my and my laptop, obviously with lockdown, but still it was it was yeah. scaring me. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. Like no. I need to stop. And then I tried to get in the habit of turning airplane mode on when I go to sleep, making sure my notifications on are off. Also, I do not have Siri on. I only have Siri on for some applications for CarPlay because that's another data breach that I should have mentioned earlier on. <laughs> but it's just those little things that you can um, do to try and limit it. But also being realistic. I think that's the other thing. Like, you know, if you do have the, um, the time limit, obviously if you're on a two-hour phone call and you've set it for three hours in the day and you like go over that, yeah, okay, it gets annoying. Um, but it's about yeah. making those proactive small steps to improve your screen time or limit your screen yeah. time. And the, yeah. reason, the reason that we're giving these tips, I guess, is because there's a wealth of evidence about the negative effects of you know this habitual use of social media and Kat you yeah. mentioned some of the physical effects and that was eye strain from staring yeah. at your screen for too long other physical effects you know could your posture be like problems <laughs> yeah your posture problems with your hands and your fingers and your wrists yeah. and stuff like that but yeah. that's just that's just like the tip of the iceberg there's a whole yeah like whole heap more of mental, social, emotional side effects, like adverse consequences that that also result. Yeah. 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 Um, I find even like subtle things as having your phone laying down, like face down. You don't see when it lights up because that's the thing. I think it was touched on again in the social dilemma, you know, hence you should go and watch it because it's yeah. got so much like good tips and, and habits and stuff is the fact that every time you get a notification, it's a little bit of a gamble. It's like, you look at it and it could be something, you know, Oh, it's exciting. Or it's, you know, your friends posted something new and interesting, or it could just be, you know, um, e an email for like Netflix or something telling you there's yeah. a new movie that you could care about. Some that. And it's a bit of a gamble every time you like, you know, you unlock that phone and look at that notification, you know, I was going to say as well, there's this new phenomenon, which I don't know if you've heard of. You may have. Um, I don't know what it's called, yeah. but it is, um, you may have heard, um, you know, sometimes when you think your phone has gone off, like you've oh, heard of us. Phantom. Yeah. Like that's a massive thing as well, which I don't think my parents would, you know, like really experience yeah. now, but because we're so used to used to thinking yeah. that something's going to pop up. But yeah. the last thing I just wanted to add in terms of like strategies and stuff for me that I have um, is getting rid of, as Sean said, getting rid of apps and deactivating accounts. 
I am like a sucker for like if I'm feeling really low about myself and I know it's social media, I will, I'll de- like I've deactivated Instagram. I'll use our car charts one, but I realized I like, I noticed such a change in my mood and how I felt about myself. If I was yeah. feeling low about myself, it was because of me. It wasn't because of anyone else for me comparing to like anyone else. Um, yeah. And I kind of, re- yeah, I would recommend just like deleting apps and maybe only using the web web version or something. It yeah. already will limit your use if that's what you want to do if that's why yeah. social media um makes you feel a bit shitty or whatever um yeah. delete those apps but at the same time i can't like i do acknowledge that social media does need to be used for communication and connecting and all of that yeah. so i understand that as well but it's just making those um decisions and and choices on what you want to do um can i just add though i think that's a really good strategy and obviously it works really well for you cat but it's important to note that these strategies will differ according to person in terms of you know their um efficacy and like for me i have no issue just taking a few days off and not opening the app like i don't yeah i've never deactivated an account i'll just be like no i'm taking two days off don't go on and that works for me so do what works for you test like try and test it yeah another thing you should get used to is notifications and those little red bubbles in your apps like you see them yeah. there it doesn't mean that you have to go and sort that out asap like i was i opened my phone the other day and one of my roommates was like how do you have like all these like little bubbles just like check them and i'm like i know i'm not gonna live my life knowing that every time one of those bubble pops up i'm gonna have to go in and open that message and reply to it it's like you know what i mean it's like i'll do it in my own time like i'm not gonna do it just because um you know, this app has told me that it requires my attention. I'll get to you when I get to you, you know? I have a um, question. And another really good thing. Yeah. Sorry. Do you guys have Vibrate on? No, my silent is like completely silent. <laughs> I just have yeah. Vibrate, but I have actually, I do have for Messenger, it doesn't come up with the actual message. It just says notification. So I do get notifications um, for Messenger, but I have to like swipe it down to see the messages interesting so i find that useful because i have turned vibrate off in the past in an effort to you know limit the amount of time i spend checking my phone when i get buzzes but it's just resulted in me losing my phone for hours because i have no idea where (laughs) i put it and then i can't ring it that's good then if you lose your phone that's good it means you're not attached to it it's true you know it's it means you don't need it as as much as you think you do Mm. i I guess so but i just i i just lose it too often that it's i think we should also put up some polls and ask you guys our listeners um if you think you know you're attached to your phone and if you're not like what are some tips yeah um, or even how guys, much how long you spend on your phone like yeah. how many hours on average you if you guys have any tips because like you know like tess said everything everyone's different and different things might work for different people and you know if you got some tips um we'll put up a poll and you know we'll get you guys to answer them and then we can share them for everyone else to to have a go well thanks guys for joining us um this is our second last segment coming up next is our favorite thanks for tuning in listening to car chats with tess cat and sean we are now at the point of the show where we share our recommendations for the week and it looks like i'm going to start it off so mine is related to our topic actually and 
it is to use um, a Google extension um, or browser that limits, um, well, limits the data that's harvested, I guess. That's the best way to put it. Anyways, it's called Quant or DuckDuckGo. They're two options that you can use. Um, they're Google extensions, or you can just use their website. And it just means that every time you search something on um, that browser, it does not track anything and it doesn't save any of your data. Obviously with Google, um, when you do search up Google, everything comes up according to what you think you'd like to see. Um, but Quant and DuckDuckGo don't, which is really useful, especially when looking for news, because then you can get a wider range of, um, or diverse range of information. Um, and same with like maps and stuff, like it doesn't track where you are, um, where your device is, which is really handy as well. So big recommendation for me. Um, who's next, Sean? Yeah, um, I haven't got any any uh, tips like that. Um, I was playing a really fun game. Uh, yes, it involves using your phone, unfortunately. Um, it's called Code Word. You guys should check it out. Um, basically, um, hey, you can play by- We love Code Word. Oh, okay, awesome. Um, well, I forgot about it. And then last night, um, we, we, we were playing it on Zoom. And basically, it's a really fun game. You play in teams. One of you has to give a, a tip to the other teammate um, as to which word it is. And you've got like this grid and it's got all the words and sometimes they don't really, you know, make sense together, but you've got to figure out a way to tell your teammate like a hint about which word it could be. And then they have to figure it out. It's really hard to explain. It's so much easier if you just head there and check it out. It's called codewordgames.com. Yeah, codewordgames.com. Um, and... Yeah, it's so much fun. It's just a nice way to do something with your friends without actually having to just, you know, uh, trivia is fun, but there's only so much trivia you can do. And there's only so much Among Us you can play. So yeah, check out Code Word. I love that. I love that uh, recommendation. Oh, <laughs> I love you both too. And I love both <laughs> your recommendations. Um, mine is a little lame, but over midsummer break, I did watch Selling Sunset on Netflix. <laughs> And I had heard a lot about it. Love it. And I just wanted something really easy to watch. And basically, if anyone who hasn't seen it, it follows elite real estate brokers at the Oppenheim Group in LA. And they're all these, like, it's run by two brothers, two twin brothers, and they only hire really hot women. But there's just a lot <laughs> of drama. And I just love looking at all the nice houses and dreaming of what will never be mine because... <laughs> It's like Million Dollar Listing yeah. and Real Housewives yeah. of Beverly Hills put together. Yeah, it's just really fun. It is just really fun, really easy to watch. If you want something mindless that's just a bit stupid, go watch it. It's good. Anyway, I think that just about wraps up our show for today. So thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Season 6 of Car Chats with Tess, Cat and Sean. I hope you enjoyed this chat about the social dilemma and the addictive nature of social media. Please go follow us on Instagram at Car Chats Monash and like our Facebook page at Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean. If you did miss an episode or would like to catch up on previous episodes, you can find us everywhere. We're on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcasts. Anyway, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.